Well, it also seems like there's a kind of fundamental wiggism to it all, right? Where kind of like most people don't have the time to like work out if every technology that runs across their like field of vision is good or not. But they just kind of assume that like a new technology is better than the old one. And this as surely is like DVDs superseded VHS tapes or whatever. Like, oh, the blockchain, this is like the new thing. And I'm authoritatively told by all these people that it's the future. So I guess I should be doing it. Yeah, it's just that all of these people or many of them uh, happen to be directly invested in this new thing and possibly trying mm. to get their money out. Yeah. It's like everyone, like people I know from like my hometown in Essex who are all like, you know, personal trainers or plumbers or whatever, they all have cryptocurrency. <laughs> like they're all like, yeah, this is what you do now is you buy cryptocurrency. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, and, and, and those uh. are people who have been like failed by traditional institutions. Traditional institutions are working fucking great for them. They've just mm. like identified that this is a way to get rich quick. Also, I do. I, I think that even if you haven't necessarily been failed by traditional institutions, it can still be a very lonely time. And I mean, yes, but also it's a case of like crying because you got what you wanted. Like I have like similar stories of like friends of mine who like lived like you know again like not and not like that far away from Milo's place. And you know, for them, it's very much they feel that traditional institutions have failed them in the sense of like they can't afford houses in the same way that their parents were able to. They like can't afford like these kind of physical assets and stuff, but they do have some disposable income, right? So instead of like putting that into a savings account where you're not getting like any like, real interest on it, um, their thing is, well, I have enough to sort of invest into crypto. And again, I've been told by like all these people online and like all these, like all my friends who work in like the city with me that like this is the future and like you can kind of get massive returns for just like investing into like a basic wallet. So like, why not? You know, it, so it sort of feels like, so even though these institutions are working for them, it's not working for them in the same way that like it worked for like previous generations. Um, so they're sort of at the kind of upper end, but it makes sense why they would feel as if like they are also like marginalized and down, like downbeaten. Sure. But I mean, look, the whole premise of generational mobility of some kind, at least in the UK, right, for the last 25 years has been premised on the idea that, okay, the welfare state might be shrinking, but uh, your housing wealth is skyrocketing. So you have to think of your house as an ATM. And uh, those of you lucky enough to have bought a house, you are set for life and screw the welfare state, you'll still be okay regardless of what happens. I mean, that logic works for people who are lucky enough to buy those houses, but clearly doesn't work for those who don't have the initial investment do it and people who don't have the initial investment have discovered that you can get uh, all of those nice things uh, by way of crypto right whether that is long term and whether it's sustainable doesn't bother them because what other option do they have i mean if they're really going to cut on the avocado sandwiches i mean they're not going to invest they're not going to buy a house with those savings um, they'll probably buy uh, you know one millions uh, of a uh, bitcoin uh, and I mean, there is a certain logic and fairness in it because this is what the system tells them to do and it just doesn't provide them the opportunity to do it through the traditional means of investing in housing wells, which to be honest, is not much less speculative than the crypto bubble. Uh, so the money flows to crypto. Yeah. Well, I, I, again, I, I think it's, I don't, I don't, I don't blame them for just, yeah, do, as you say, doing what they're supposed to do. And it's like it's it's almost like the same thing that we talked about uh, from the macro level on the micro level, right? Where well, interest rates are basically nothing. You're 
your 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 wages aren't really that high. So yeah. So basically, the best thing you could possibly do is just invest in insane bets, and like that's what SoftBank did. That's like the Tiger Global did. That's how we ended up with the machine that kills hotels or WeWork or whatever. This is just people acting rationally given what they have um, given what they've been told, and I think that's and and this is one of the differences I think right between where the comparison between these two sort of falls these two periodizations falls down. It's that well. Um, it, it, it's that people are now just um, uh, everyone's investing in sort of the big moonshot, and you know the the people to be blamed for this aren't the people investing in the moonshot. I think that the fact that like that things have gone so crazy is to be blamed on everyone from the the people who responded to the Great Recession by being well, economy is a casino now; it always has been, and it always will be for the future because we don't want to like give anything back to workers. We want to keep cutting down the welfare state. And also the people who are massively boosterish, the sort of whatever the modern Tim O'Reilly's are. Of course, Tim O'Reilly's not a huge fan of Web three because it cuts into his his uh, uh, um, his business because he doesn't feel like he understands it. Um, and, and and the people who are saying, well, no, you you have to get in on get into my scheme, get into my scheme. It's not the it's not the people who are buying it. It's that they're just reacting rationally to a set of incentives that have been set not really in their interest. I sure, but this is where I think you know having a proper view of the recent history of capitalism helps us actually to eliminate any periodizations that are false that are drawn by the proponents of Fab Three. Because if you look at what I've been saying, for example, about housing wells functioning as as, as your ATM, I mean, ultimately, this is what scholars like Colin Crouch would call privatized Keynesianism, right? It was the idea that now instead of trying to somehow spend uh, money raised with taxes uh, through the government to boost investment and to make sure that that money somehow then trickles down to ordinary citizens, you are going to boost their incomes by inflating the value of their assets, right? So that was part one, was making sure that people were house owners as much as they could. Part two of that, I would argue, was Web 2.0. It was basically making sure that um, even though after the financial crisis of 2008, uh, incomes were falling and a lot of people lost their jobs, they could still continue consuming by turning their assets like cars and homes into money-making machines. So there was a source of income of some kind. There were a lot of subsidies built into the system because the likes of SoftBank and other venture capitalists were heavily subsidizing Uber and all the other services. So even if you were not a driver, you were the beneficiary of much lower rates because somebody was picking up it uh, was picking it up as a as a, as a subsidy uh, and of course uh, you still had the likes of Google and Facebook and others providing a virtually free services which uh, people were also enjoying without having to pay for them so you had this uh, privatized Keynesianism 2.0 if you will built around some of the key Web 2.0 services and their backers. And now we moved into the third stage of privatized Keynesianism, where essentially uh, everything gets financialized and everybody becomes a shareholder of everything else, including their families and pets and, uh, you know, park benches. And uh, that's the ultimate way to compensate for falling and stagnating incomes, so for non-existing incomes, to make sure that people can continue consuming. Uh, but ultimately, it's another way of uh, uh, free riding as these people would say, on the dynamics of global capitalism. The thing is that that free riding never worked really well. The first wave of privatized Keynesianism gave us the housing bubble of 2007, 2008. 
the second wave uh, gave us a lot of nearly bankrupt companies like WeWork uh, and uh, Uber and a lot of, uh, you know, which is doing fine, but has been losing a lot of money and did destroy a lot of local taxi companies and whatnot. And the third one might give us um, a lot of other problems with this hyper-financialization of everything. So ultimately, if you look at it close enough with the right lens, you would not be able to see this great monumental changes across Web 2 and Web 3 that many of the proponents claim exist. It's uh, like so many things. It is uh, more more continuity than change. Uh, and the continuity, uh, the direction is uh, many numbers go up until they very suddenly uh, go down again uh, because of the casino that we have been forced to live in. That's the nature of the line, baby. Yep. It goes up, right. it goes down. That's the don't line. question that's the line. line. That's the it. line. We love the line. Anyway, I, I think that's actually a pretty good... That's actually, a, like a, I think, a pretty tidy tidy spot to leave it. Uh, so I want to say, Evgeny, uh, thank you very much. And where can people uh, find and engage with some of your uh, content online in a Web 2.0 sense? Where can people buy your NFTs? They have to go to this. They have to... <laughs> They have to come to this tiny village and on the top of a Calabrian hill um, and see <laughs> me in person. My ape on top uh, of this hill. If they manage to survive the goats, mm. if they no, I have goats here. I have real goats actually oh, okay. and sheep, uh, so I don't need apes. But uh, you know, <laughs> thinking about apes, I was just reflecting that O'Reilly's vision of Web 2.0 uh, gave us this. Uh, you know, it, it was very sorry. I mean, I'm back to serious stuff, but I think it needs to be said. At least it gave us a lot of this <clears throat> very profound political ideas. You might say that, okay, they were crap, but you know, the government as a platform did change the way British bureaucracy and government civil service worked and thought about government. An idea like algorithmic regulation did change the way we think about uh, political governance and so forth. I just don't see these ideas emerging from the Web 3.0 vocabulary. I mean, I don't see the government as an ape or you know, the government as an NFT having the same uh, rhetorical and political value as government as a platform, but maybe they will come. Uh, but I do think we have to reflect on the poverty of political ideas that informs it because they are not as easy to draw from uh, essentially a heavily financialized imagery. Mm-hmm.